The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, one thing we're looking for bright light, we're looking for a bit of relief in this inflationary storm, and we might be getting some when it comes to the cost of petrol and diesel. There seems to be, according to new figures from AA, they've done a survey showing that there has been a 10% easing in the price of petrol at the moment across the pumps. Obviously, you get averages across the country, but there is a sense that things have slightly improved in that area. And for you driving home in the snow, wind and ice at the moment, this is not a small matter whatsoever, as it is for our um, logistics and distribution industries as well. So to discuss where we're at on all of this, I have Geraldine Herbert, who's on the phone, she is the motoring editor with the Sunday Independent and here with me in studio is Kevin McPartland who represents Fuels for Ireland where he's the chief executive and that is the industry body for courts, refineries, garages etc that represents those who are selling this precious fuel that we need to power our cars although increasingly not the case as we can go electric but for those who are still on the old combustion engine it is a vital economic concern. Now Geraldine we're looking at these AA figures of about a 10% easing do you think it's a blip? Do you think it's just it was so high they're coming back a little bit? Where do you think things are going? Uh, good evening, Emmett. I think it's good news regardless of why it's happening, to be honest. We'll take I'm it. sure there's a lot of voters sighing with relief at the moment. It's hard to know. It's very volatile at the moment. Um, there's been a huge change just in the last month. What the AA are reporting is that uh, the cost of petrol per litre has dropped by 17 cents just in the last month and diesel by 22 cents. Now, whether this is due to all of the uncertainty that was around what sort of a price cap were the EU going to impose, and when they did impose the price cap, it wasn't as bad as people thought. So maybe that's something to do with it and the market has reacted that way. But as you know yourself, Emmett, the market reacts just on the thought of things that might happen. So it's always very volatile and always very hard to pin down what's exactly happening. Yeah, and the figure quoted by AI here is 160 per litre. I mean, how representative do you think that is? Obviously, Dublin and outside Dublin have always had slight regional variations. Yeah, well, that's an average figure. But, I mean, you are going to be paying even less than that in some filling stations, and obviously you're going to be paying slightly more. So the advice is always to shop around. Obviously, don't go too far, because it never makes sense to go too far for fuel. But keep an eye on the kind of prices on your daily commute or whatever. So you should be getting something very close to that figure around the country, no matter where you are. Yeah, now, obviously, this is driven internationally. Ireland doesn't produce any petrol, which is kind of obvious, but we need to point that out. It's all imported. There's a lot of things going on. We're looking at China. Obviously, they're dealing with COVID. It looks like they're going to loosen restrictions. And as a result, you think economic activity would increase there. So what are the factors? You've got OPEC as well. I'm not asking you to be a seer of world economic trends here, Charlie, but what, what kind of things would you be looking at that might influence the prices over the next six months? Well, the other thing, obviously, is the currency differences with the, the dollar is how we buy oil. So that always makes a difference. And if that's weak, you know, that's reflected in the prices. The other thing, I suppose, is that we know that there's more sanctions coming from the EU in February. It's what that impact will have, particularly on diesel. So it's always very difficult to look to the future. As I said, the good news is at the moment this is going to have an impact on, on prices, you know, from today for people. We're hoping it'll also, uh, because of distribution costs, it'll bring them down. It'll make a difference for, for you know, generally for everybody but how long this is going to last it's it's almost impossible to say Emmett Well we'll try we'll give it a try with my next guest who is Kevin McPartland who is from Fuels for Ireland Kevin Geraldine it, it's very hard as she says to sort of plot this there's so many different geopolitical factors at play here where, where do you think things are going just give me some of the broader trends uh, these are all ma- mainly external to Ireland of course if I, if I knew where things were going I wouldn't need to be here uh, I'd be a very wealthy man I'd be sitting on my private island uh, 
but there are a couple of things that you can watch out for. So as Geraldine rightly says, the, the strength of the dollar is really important, but also oil products tend to be a, a barometer for the global economic sentiment. So when people think that we're approaching or entering into a global economic slowdown, that has a has a downward impact on the price of oil products. That's that's one key thing. She's also right to talk about China, and, and the reason for that is up until last week, there were about 400 million people in China who were still under lockdown. That's been lifted now, and that does have a massive impact on global demand and, and, and the transition, the catch-up period is when that's difficult. Keep an eye on that. The other thing that, that we need to be keeping an eye on is other energy costs, because... Uh, it's not actually quite right to say we don't produce any petrol. And we do. We refine petrol and we refine diesel here. We refine kerosene, but we don't produce crude oil. The cost of refining is very, very high right now because of high energy costs, ironically, for an energy yeah, and sector. Yeah, and a lot of people I was reading a few days ago are not investing in refineries. They sort of think, oh, well, fossil fuels, that's gone on their way out. So it's not a 10 or 20 year place. Not a lot of new money is going into that area. Well, th- well that's been happening for a, for a couple of decades. And that's why uh, Geraldine was right to point out the fact that the impact of the of the sanctions which are coming or, or being strengthened in February, it, we need to watch on diesel rather than petrol, because at the time that Western Europe was developing refineries, the focus was on petrol rather than diesel. The Russian refineries were built in a time when we needed more diesel than petrol. And so our dependence on Russia for or our, as a, a, the EU, we, 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 very, we brought very little Russian product into Ireland. We certainly don't anymore. Um, but the European dependence on Russia for diesel was particularly heavy. Uh, so those the, those are the elements we need to keep an eye out for. Now, in terms of your members, obviously they don't they don't buy they don't buy fuel in the spot market. They don't buy you know yesterday morning's fuel. They buy ahead, so they have contracts in place. So how does how is that likely to affect the price? Like as they roll those off, are they going to be going into cheaper ones? Or are they actually not going to be benefiting from? It? They were actually on cheaper already. So and I know there's a lot of companies involved, but just if you just give us a general guide to how how companies are locked into contracts and where that's going to play out. Well, every company will have their own contracts, but typically you have a, you enter into a contract for supply, but you don't agree prices and you don't agree volumes until quite short-term periods. So the it, it's one of the reasons why we say the crude oil price is not terribly reliable as an indicator of what we should be paying at the price, because we need to be looking at the wholesale uh, diesel, petrol and kerosene prices. And it could well be the case that uh, uh, a... A forecourt which is selling petrol and, and diesel today is based on the wholesale price as, as recently as yesterday. You know, it, it, the, the wholesale price is set when a ship arrives or, or sometimes when it leaves the, the last port. So the pricing is extremely dynamic. That's why, and, and our sector took a lot of heat back in March and April when things were increasing very quickly. We were saying, how could you possibly have price increases every day? Well, that's why. So why we should con- benefit from that on the other side, right? And we are doing it's, it's the, the the very uh, news that we're giving today. So the reports, uh, the the prices are reflected very very quickly. And the thing about this is, Geraldine says you shop around. One of the reasons that shopping around for petrol is so easy is because there are massive, big, illuminated signs outside every forecourt that tell you exactly what the price is. Yeah, there's a bit of transparency. The problem with, like we've had with the electricity generators, completely well, not completely, but a different industry. They always say, "Well, hang on a second, we're locked into contracts that we signed six or nine months ago." So yes, the spot price is down, but we're not getting spot price. We're actually getting our contracts from six or. You're That's saying you're much more dynamic, yeah. so we we're getting hit on one side of that, but it now should relieve potentially more than the 10% AA are talking about here. And I know you can't predict for all sorts of regulatory reasons where it's going to go, but but do you think there's going to be any more easing based on that dynamic pricing model that you're talking about? 
well, if, if the wholesale prices come down, the retail prices will come down. That, you know, that's the only thing I say. As I say, those things that to look out for uh, that I mentioned earlier, but also the other thing to look out for is OPEC are, are playing some sort of games at the moment where they're sometimes they're saying they're going to increase global production, sometimes saying they're going to decrease, and actually they haven't made ter- terribly many substantial changes. One thing that is important to note, though, is that Joe Biden essentially emptied the strategic stock that the US had in advance of the midterm elections. That brought the prices down. That's an important thing. Uh, the other thing that we have to recognise, we're still benefiting right now from the drop in excise duty that the government brought in in, in March. That is said to end in February or March of this year. We need to make sure that we don't do that in one fell swoop, because if we were to say, or if the government were to say... And what, of, how big a component is that in, in, the, in the bill so about right, a litre or whatever? Right now, there's a 20%, 20 cent per litre reduction in excise duty on petrol and 15 cent on diesel. If the government were to say next Thursday at midnight, that is going back on, we will stock out next Wednesday because everybody will try and fill up at the same time. So we, and, and I think government have taken this point that they need to, to gradually increase that backup rather than doing it and, one, and, one and measure. And as somebody who deals with you, have you heard anything about what they might do? Do we know anything which direction? there Could that be rolled on again or is it all in the lap of the gods politically? It certainly could be rolled on again and I think what they'll do is they'll take a judgment call on based on fuel prices at the time. Um, I don't think there'll be a, a rush to, to increase the price of fuel right now. Now, obviously, a lot of people will, will want to know about home heating oil, which is, I don't know how much your industry is involved in that part. Um, that's where massive relief is needed. Yeah, look, that's a really challenging one. And, and the the difficulty is this year that because prices were increasing so quickly at different times of uh, of the start of the year, people's buying habits changed. And so you have a lot of people who got into the cold spell that started last week and suddenly took a fear that they needed to fill their tanks straight away. And so there was a massive spike in demand, uh, which we've had to manage very carefully. And and when I say manage, I mean actively manage, even to, to the point of saying to people that, no, we, we won't deliver 1,000 litres today. We'll deliver 500 and we can you can come back again because you want to make sure that everybody gets what they need rather than some people get what they want. Yeah, and, and are any of these excise changes going to be on home eating oil? Uh, no, no, the, no, the excise totally duty different. Yeah, 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 it's different. Okay. Listen, it's good news for now. You're both cautious, however, going into the future, and I know you have different reasons for doing that because you're you're only sort of, you have to, what did you say? Let's put it that way in this whole area. But for now, thank you very much for joining us. This is Kevin McPartland, and you also heard Geraldine Herbert, who is the motoring correspondent of the Sunday Independent. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.